This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on WMR.fm, episode number 438. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my co-host is my company's senior SEO, Scott Fenak. How's it going, bud? It's going fantastic. Kids are back to school, so every parent loves that, right? Yes. I don't have to tell... Going into new schools, boy, the drama. It is nice, though, to to not have to scream at them. Go outside for the next hour. We're recording SEO 101. The world doesn't want to hear you. Instead, (laughs) I just do it. I just, like, just start working. It's perfect. Nice. Ah, Yes. Well, it's it's all new school stuff for my kids, and they're both well. Xander's all right, but my my little girl's all dramatic about it. So, mm, yeah, big changes. School anyway. changes are interesting. Well, and it's a good segue because there's a lot of changes going on right now in SEO, um, and uh, we will jump into that in a sec. Well, I guess we could do it right away since we are doing the segue. Google helpful update. How helpful is it? <laughs> Pretty much. Nothing yet. I mean, it's been very little disruption, hasn't it? It hasn't helped. (laughs) (laughs) It hasn't hurt me either, though. And even if I look at my client list, it hasn't really helped or hurt anybody, which, you know, helps would be nice, but not hurting is also very nice. Yeah. And I mean, looking at your notes, you know, only 20% of SEOs seeing any ranking changes. Um, That was thanks to a Twitter poll by Aleda Solis. it, you know, it was a big hype. Uh, even Danny Sullivan, uh, again, will never make sense saying this, at Google said <laughs> that um, it is a big one. You know, pay attention to this one. But as, you know, you and I were just discussing before the show, it hasn't really finished. So even Danny said that. It's not complete. So I guess we'll see how things shake out. And they're going to be continuing to continuing to tweak this. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah, Glenn Gabe, and I, I can't remember where he noted this, probably on Twitter, but I can't recall, had said something along the lines of he's only seen drops in sites that were clearly bad. So, you know, sites that had content from scrape listings, AI generated content, I'm assuming bad AI generated content, um, sites that were sort of, you know, in a gray area, um, were not really affected. So it's, it really seems to be only the worst offenders of having bad content that are getting hit by this. Uh, but I, I personally have not seen anything like I was saying to you earlier, if I didn't know there was a helpful update happening right now, I wouldn't assume there was anything going on. <laughs> and even, and even I think it was Danny or no, it wasn't Danny The uh, on the article at SE Roundtable had said that, um, Oh, what did he say? I totally lost my train of thought. He said something. Danny at the SE <laughs> Roundtable or you mean um, Barry at the SE Roundtable said something. Yeah, what what was I going to say? I totally lost my train of thought. But anyways, oh, wow. yeah, it's just a you know been a pretty minor minor update. Oh, the the ranking uh, weather tools, all those guys out there like Rank Ranger and all those tools haven't really noticed anything either. So, hmm. um, you know, who knows? Maybe tomorrow it'll, the you know what will hit the fan and the the peak of the update will hit, and we'll have a fun work day tomorrow. 
Yeah. And Danny Sullivan's quote, with this helpful content update, as I said before, it's part of a continuing effort. Directionally, it's what SEOs and creators should pay attention to. We'll continue to tune it, refine it, and it matters, which is why we spent so much time talking about it, unquote. Well, yeah. And I think it's the key thing to take out of this is it's what SEOs and creators should pay attention to. It doesn't mean it's going to affect you right away, but pay attention to Google's direction here. Um, they're trying to focus everyone into a, a next generation of a next level of quality content. And, you know, you just know all the AI generators out there are the guys who run these things are just chomping at the bit to get the perfect yep. AI generated content or something that can get past these algorithmic updates. And I mean, that's what it's come down to. It used to be uh, SEOs trying to do that, but now it's going to be these AI systems. <laughs> I, I think what's going to help happen with this update is it's going to be just like uh, the page experience update. You know, it, it's not going to do much at, the start, but over the next few years, it's going to ramp up and how important it is and, and the impact it has. So getting the signals now and knowing what they're looking at, even if it's not affecting much, but know it's coming and, and it will grow. I think that's the direction this is headed. Yeah. Well, and, and you mentioned the product review update here too. And, and we actually have a new uh, a client that's come out of the woodwork. I haven't talked to him in a while, but uh, we're glad to hear from him again, uh, who's been hit badly by that. And, and it's quite common from what I've seen. Uh, I'm doing a little more research on it to see just how common, but those who have review web-based websites are occasionally getting devastated. And in this case, our client did too. Um, now he's only been a consult, uh, sort of a consult type client with us. We've never done any actual long-term work with them, but when we've looked at his content, it hasn't been bad. So it's going to be really interesting when you dig into that audit. And, and see what it is about the content that's really dissatisfied Google. I, I worry that their criteria is going to be too, too strong. You know, they're going to be looking at too many things and not enough of the most important things. And, and I don't know, you, you can't compete against some websites who have gigantic editorial teams yep. and videography and all these things to create reviews, but separate reviews are important. It's important that there's more than one out there. So I don't, I don't know. I'm skeptical that they're going to pull that off. Well, yeah. And that, you know, another round of updates to the product review update that happens any day now too. So hmm. it's just, it's, it's one update after another. Cause they, what they just wrapped up at the, the beginning of August. And now there's one, as soon as the helpful updates done, this next product review update rolls in. It's, it, it's interesting how much, effort Google is putting into product review websites. Cause in my mind, there weren't that many of like, obviously there are lots, but you know, not so much that they have to have these updates specifically targeted towards these websites every couple months now. Um, but I guess there are a lot of them and you don't really, I guess I'm not looking for the right stuff to find yeah. them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. We're, 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 I don't know what the heck they're selling, but there's everything under the sun. Yeah. Um, a lot of them are, uh, Hamstring stretchers, I've noticed lately. <laughs> hamstring stretchers. I've got a bad hamstring. And you get these, these, I bought one of these, one of the ones actually they have online. I got, I bought it. But it, you strap, you attach it to your foot and you pull back and you stretch your hamstring. Well, there's different types and now there's, you know, different quality. And oh. sure, review sites are popping up everywhere about that now too. And 
you know, that's just one example of the stuff I'm sure that are being built for that. Now, um, did you start I mean, a website for it? To reveal? No. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I have no interest in getting that detailed in it, especially since I still haven't healed my hamstring. Um, now we skipped across some non-SEO news that you put down there. So why don't you run with that? Oh yeah, we can jump back to that. Uh, yeah, another security update over at WordPress. So 6.02 has been launched. Uh, probably a good idea to get your WordPress install updated right away because there are a couple security related issues. Uh, first, there were 12 bug fixes to the WordPress core, whatever those were, you can read up on them if you like. Uh, but there was a high severity SQL injection vulnerability, which sounds bad. Uh, <laughs> and, and two stored cross-site scripting vulnerabilities, which I, I'm going to be honest, I have absolutely no idea what that means. But, um, uh, you know, you definitely want to uh, get this update taken care of right away if you can. So, and, and of course, as always, back up before you update because you never know what's going to break everything on you. Yeah. And don't take for granted that your hosting company has backups that you can access when you need them or within a timely manner, if you, if they do have them. So, um, well, I've been in situations or I've seen it with clients where they get hacked and, you know, bad things happen. And, you know, the host only has three days of backups after three. So if you don't catch that hack right away, your backup is a hacked version of your site. And then yeah, it's not a cheap fix. Many times people come to us because they've discovered that their hack is showing in search. So yeah. Saying a hacked site. Oh my God. You know, and, and, or they got a Google search console warning. Well, that can take weeks for yep. that to appear and goodbye. Any backup you had, they're all completely toxic now. Uh, that's why when we're doing our hosting for our clients, we use three months of backups. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> I love it. And if you don't catch up with three, within three months, you, you need to be changing your business model. Yeah. Well, and also <laughs> you should be looking you, at that stuff. Using a good hosting company will also, uh, uh, build in a certain amount of uh, malware and virus scanning. And we double that up with our own plugin as well that also does that. So, yeah, because, you know, if we're going to be paid to fix it, we'd rather be something easy for us to repair. Uh, Absolutely. Climb back up and running. It doesn't hurt the rankings as much. It's a good thing all around. Well, let's take a quick break and we come back. We're going to jump into some questions we've had and a bit more on meta descriptions of all things. Welcome back to SEO 101 on WMR.FM hosted by myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Step Forth Web Marketing and my company's senior SEO, Scott Fennack. All right. I don't hear advice on meta descriptions very often from Google these days, but they've come out with something. What's this? Yeah, yeah, and I don't talk about it much either. But and I, you know, I almost skipped over it because it is it's going to be pretty one on one, which I guess is the key of the show. Um, but we actually have a question later from somebody who's just getting into SEO, and I'm seeing a few. Um, I don't really like the term noob, but I'm going to use it anyways. A few SEO noobs on our Facebook group that are joining that are have vocally said they are learning from the ground up. So stuff awesome. like this is is Love going to be helpful that. for them, right? This is going to be good stuff for them. Um, yeah. So Google has actually updated their their. Uh, docs on snippets and how to appear for snippets and all that kind of stuff on meta descriptions specifically. And they've listed four examples of bad meta descriptions and four examples of good meta descriptions. So uh, you can, you know, search in Google and find the link. We'll also have the link in our show notes if you want to read these uh, uh, guidelines. And I'll just give you, you know, just a really quick summary on what to do and what not to do. 
so the bad, some for some examples of bad meta description. So the first is just a list of keywords. And, you know, I laugh at this because you shouldn't have to say this, but I see it all the time when I do audits. I still, I just did um, um, a new SEO job for, oh, who was it? One of our clients anyways. And they had a list of keywords as a meta description. And I haven't seen that for a while. And so people are still doing it. People don't know what the tag is for and they do that. So, so don't do that. Don't just list off a bunch of keywords. Um, also don't use the same description across. I don't need to give you the example they give you, but have unique meta descriptions on all pages. Uh, again, it's, you know, it's a no brainer for SEOs, but if you don't know, you don't know, right? Um, they also say don't summarize the page. Uh, the example they give is uh, uh, eggs are a source of joy in everyone's life, are they? Um, when I was a small child, I re- remember picking eggs from the hen house and bringing them to the kitchen. Those were the days. So, so that's not a good example. And and also it's things that are too short, like mechanical pencil. Um, I I, I want to be the guy that writes these examples. You know, <laughs> it, would, it would be fun, especially the bad ones. Um, so, so good examples are things that, uh, you know, explain what you sell and details, uh, using snippets from a specific news article is okay, which is interesting because I tend not to do that, but you know, sometimes using a snippet from the article makes sense. Um, summarizing the whole page, wait, didn't they just say not to summarize the whole page? Okay. So summarizing the whole page is both on the do and don't list. I think I need to read this a bit more closely. <laughs> so in this example, they say, learn how to cook eggs with this complete guide in one hour, or they really have a thing for eggs. So yeah, summarizing the gist of the article is okay. Um, and uh, having detailed specifics, um, self-sharpening mechanical pencils that auto-corrects your penmanship includes 2B auto-replenishing lead and so on and so forth. Mm. But the, self-sharpening mechanical auto-corrects your penmanship. An auto-correct, you know, th- that's going to be a pain if you think an auto-correct pen. Uh, Siri on my iPhone auto-corrects me badly enough as it is, but at least you can backspace that if a pen was doing that. Anyways... <laughs> So a bit of advice there, you know, take a look at uh, Google's guidelines. If you're getting into writing meta descriptions, uh, it's kind of no brainer stuff if you've been doing this for a while, but if you haven't, I, I could see people making these mistakes easy. Yeah. yeah there's some, and, and one of the things that everyone has to keep in mind too, is that these do not have any impact on whether or not, whether or not your site will rank. Google's not considering this in terms of SEO. What they're looking at is they want to ensure that you're not putting garbage in there. Yes, obviously it's spam, which essentially a description that's just full of keywords is spam in my opinion. Uh, but it's ensuring that it, it incites the click. You want someone to want to click on your listing versus someone else's. That other person may be ahead of you, but if they've got all those keywords in their description instead of a a really compelling statement, like get everything you need to sew your next garment open Monday, Friday, eight to 5 PM located in the fashion district. That was the example compared to the person who does just a list of keywords, sewing supplies, yarn, color pencils, sewing machines, threads, bobbins, needles. You can get which one you're going to click on. So that's really the point here. Make sure it's something that it gets people wanting to click on you versus someone else. And it's, doesn't have to, you don't have to put a ton of time into this This is not, you know, ad advertising level eight or anything like that is you don't have to go crazy. Uh, Maybe in the most competitive fields, you may want to spend a few more minutes (laughs) on each one. Other than that, it's good. 
All right, back to my notes here. Okay, so Mueller files. I, I, I didn't see this. I, I saw how you wrote it down here, so I'm just going to let you take this one on too. Yeah, I wasn't sure. I, I think there might be an SEO tie into this in the future, so I thought I'd list it. This just happened a few hours ago. Brenda Malone on Twitter posted, um, please try to use more inclusive language instead of those inherently racist items, or sorry, racist terms that are all too common. So she's referring to things like, you know, the master is in master bedroom instead of using primary, which people are using now, um, black hat, white hat, that sort of thing. Um, and John replied as well, you know, if you write anything for SEO internally or publicly, please watch for our inclusive language, or sorry, please watch out, he should say, for inclusive language. It doesn't take much work and you might not get it right all the time, but taking steps to get better matters too. And this made me think that um, I wonder... You know, there's a lot of language you can't really use on your website that can actually hurt your rankings among many other problems like, uh, you know, your your user experience. But if terms like white hat and black hat and white label are going to have negative SEO impacts at some point, you know, because I know if you use hateful racist language, that can. And there was a time, I mean, you take any bad word, there was a time when it was okay. You know, like, uh, you know, for example, you know, people use the term neurodiverse now and you don't say someone has autism, you say they're neurodiverse. And before that, there was the R word. And, you know, that was acceptable at one point in time. And clearly, you know, if you have that word all over your website today, you're, you might get in trouble for it. Um, yes. So it was kind of interesting in the fact that John replied to her and, and, and brought it forward. And then there was a big conversation about it. Um, on Twitter, some people are like, absolutely. And some people are like, when does it end? Um, and I guess that's also <laughs> true to a degree, you know, with council culture and all that. But, um, uh, you know, just something to be conscious of. And and maybe this type, type of terminology will have a negative impact if you use it on your website someday. Uh, I wouldn't go out and change everything now for that purpose. I mean, change it, of course, for, for you know, because you're a better person. But don't worry about it from an SEO perspective, at least. Yeah. Yeah, and if you're in a uh, a sensitive business environment, which pretty much everyone is now, uh, you got to pay attention to this stuff. All right, so let's uh, jump into some of the questions we have. This one is from Cassie Marsh. Uh, she says, "Although I've known what SEO is for some time, I'm a novice. Would anyone have any advice for me about where I should start my learning journey?" Good question. Where would I start with SEO now? <laughs> Wow. It's different. It's different than it was. Like I remember when I started, um, it was all about the forums, going into the forums and reading the Q and A's in the forums. And I don't do that a lot now. Um, it's probably more publications, if anything, you know, like search engine land, search engine roundtable. All this is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Those, uh, but really, it's a lot of trial and error. But you can't really necessarily start with trial and error because you don't know what to try at the beginning. So I'd say definitely listen to SEO 101. We'll start with that. <laughs> yeah, we've covered a lot of the basics. Um, one of the things I've always wanted to do and just never get around to 
is sort of curate a list of, of, you know, step one, step two, step three episodes from the past. I'm yeah. sure we've done them and just put them in order for someone to watch, listen to you, but sorry, hasn't been done. So that's not going to help you right now, Cassie. Uh, you know, it also depends how you like to learn. If you were a reader, then I can't recommend enough reading The Art of SEO. Uh, it's an excellent book. It starts off in the basics, works us all the way up into some of the more advanced stuff. So um, I, I think that is a very compelling way to start. Um, there's also just really good sites. Like I know that, uh, I don't know if this is still the case, but I know that Moz had a lot of content that was great for for introducing people into SEO. Um, Some of the older Whiteboard Friday stuff might have been might be still pretty helpful too for a noob. Yeah, yeah, and and SCM Rush, uh, or sorry, I don't call it that anymore. SEM Rush, um, that's so SEMrush.com. They also have a lot of training now. Logically, because this is just the way it would work, it's built on learning their systems. But you, it is a good system. Um, it has some great tools. It's really quite affordable if you're going to be applying it to a website, what you're learning. Uh, you know, the tools that SEMrush has um, are quite costly if you were to get individual top-of-the-line products for each one of them. They do a very good job of covering a lot of the bases for an affordable price in retro, you know, when you compare it all. But yeah, they, they've got, I think it's free training. I'm not certain, but I believe a, a good chunk of it's free. And if you want to, you can go through a full course and that might be a modest amount of money, but you're going to learn a lot that way. And it'll be more action oriented. You'll probably be working on your own website or your client website with their tips and, and instruction. So uh, it'd be more of a, a good, almost app, applicable uh, implement, uh, way to learn because you're actually doing hands-on work. I would say another good way to go about it is create a website as a hobby, um, not as a serious website, something that you can experiment on and play around on. And if it tanks, it's not a big deal. It doesn't matter. And build it around a personal hobby or interest or something. So it wouldn't be geared as a website that would make you a ton of money. Although who knows if you get really good, maybe you'll get there, but more of a, a, a playground, a sandbox of sorts to just try things and not have to worry about any repercussions from, uh, you know, your client freaking out because their rankings have dropped or, or if it's your own business, I'm not sure in this case, but just a place to play. And uh, I think that's always a great place to uh, sort of cut your teeth, so to speak. Yeah. Well, in this case, they actually do have a website because question two is this last week we were on page one for our search term for Google with seven keywords ranking for the URL. Today, we've been dropped to four, and we're nowhere to be seen on search for the pages we want to rank. In fact, the first page that comes up that's ours is our homepage on the fourth page of Google. Looks like we got hit hard by the new update. We're a small business, and I have no idea what to do. This keyword is our main income, unquote. Yeah, not a pleasant place to be. and. I don't know how recent that hit was. If we're talking a couple of weeks, I would sit tight and just see how things shake out before you get too active. Unless you know of issues that have to be fixed, then dig in. Um, but don't be too reactionary. 
Uh, we say it time and time again, but I know a lot of people don't listen and I get it. Like you said, this is your main income. It's pretty darn nerve wracking and you can yep. have some sleepless nights while this is happening. Uh, the other thing too, is to look at other websites that haven't been hit hard and, and see what might be different. You know, what, what, what is it that they've done that seems to be better? A lot of the updates that are happening right now are content related, as we've discussed. It's about creating helpful content yep. and content that is not regurgitated, that is not thin. So that's what they used to call it, thin content. Um, this stuff's just Google just ramping this up every couple of years um, with new jargon and new update names and whatever it may be. This is not new. They've been talking about it forever. It's just more intense now. So see what it is about their content that's kept them afloat. Not all of them will be good examples. Some will be kind of blow your mind. Like, why are they even around? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <are> so bad. <laughs> um, but you will almost certainly find one that goes, makes you go, hmm, that's pretty well done. We don't really have that. Take some good tips and don't reinvent the wheel. And I would add to this another perspective because I've seen it happen to one of our client sites. Make sure that somehow inadvertently you haven't blocked your site to Google or made some critical error where content is now, you know, either robots.txt or uh, robots meta is blocking your content or make sure you haven't been hacked, uh, run a spider through your website. If you've been hacked, you might not see it on the front end and you may only see it on the back end and that would hurt your rankings. Uh, we had a client a few years ago and their, their main ranking terms all dropped suddenly like oh god what's happening like it, it went from awesome for years to terrible and what had happened is their developer had accidentally put a robots no index no follow on the category pages that were ranking and oh it was critically bad um and once that was fixed their rankings came back up i think almost you know within hours it was very quick so make sure there's nothing like that it's probably not the case but you never know if you've got a lot of people that have their fingers on the website it's possible somebody accidentally clicked a button that they shouldn't have or what have you. Um, so yeah, get, use a tool like Screaming Frog or, or you know, go into SEMrush or Ahrefs or whatever. Find a tool that spiders your website and run it through and make sure there isn't anything that's really critical that pops up there. I'm trying to think of what... We're spoiled now because we use all these paid tools. What's a free one? Well, Screaming Frog is free for the first 500 pages. Right. So yeah, I think it's 500, it, but you can at least run it. You can run it. And then uh, take a look at the, I believe it's response codes. Uh, it's one of the tabs. If you download Screaming Frog, you'll see that. And it'll pop up uh, 500 errors and 400 errors and redirects and that kind of stuff. And it, it'll tell you which pages are indexable, and which ones aren't. And you can look at the list of, of pages at spiders. And if you see that they're all unindexable, you, you know, that's bad. <laughs> so uh, at least it'll give you a bit of a help and it's free. If your site is thousands of pages, you know, it'll get you started anyways. And, and if it's a major issue that you're having with, you'll probably find it within that uh, trial allowance. Great. I hope that helps you, Cassie. Great questions. Thank you. Uh, we just love getting them. Uh, it, it lets us, I don't know, jumping in areas we don't necessarily get into very often. And also, it pulls us really far back into, and, and, I, and I stress this is good, into the 101 stuff, which uh, I really want to keep in, you know, reinforcing with our listeners. All right. The next question is from Terry Withers. 
Um, thank you, Scott. You have paraphrased this. Uh, it's a very good question, Terry. Thank you for all the notes and information. Uh, but I do agree the paraphrasing helps. Essentially, you started running a website in 2020. You bought 12 to 20 additional domains, and then you linked them to the main site. You're asking if these links could be hurting. You. Um, now, was there, I don't see anything here saying why you might be worried about that. Yeah, it's in his question, I'm assuming could be her, sorry, in their question, Terry, doesn't specify if they're experiencing any ranking declines or problems. I think it's more being proactive in, is this okay? That's the gist I got. Um, and I, as I understood it, the additional domains, it doesn't sound like they have much content on them, but they simply link to the main site. So perhaps there's a link. They might be redirecting to the main domain. I'm not sure. And I can't be positive. I kind of need more information to know for sure, but uh, um, okay, that's the well, gist I got. Yeah. I get this question a lot. Um, oftentimes it's in our beginning of beginning times of working with a client and they'll say, look, I got a ton of domains I bought over the years. Can I just point them to my site? Will I help? And I'll, no, they really won't. You can, uh, but unless they have their ex pre-existing traffic or some kind of pre-existing pre authority. So in other words, there are sites linking to them and they're good quality sites and there's no issues, you know, with, um, I'll get into the link specifics, but essentially they have good quality links pointing to their website and then that particular, or that to that domain and that domain then points to your site, well, then there's some benefit, potentially. But really only benefit if there's some correlation in terms of relevance. The long and the short is, don't think of it that way. It really isn't the way to go. Uh, those domains are not going to help you. Um, if they were ones that people naturally type in and go to just to see what's there, maybe, maybe they will. But they, maybe they will help you. But in most cases, they're not. Most cases, they're dot .infos, they're dot .biz, dot .whatever. I mean, there's so many different types. Yeah. Um, and the concept is that, well, I've got these places. People will go to them, and then they'll find my site, and this will help my rankings. Well, those that doesn't work. I mean, there was a time when getting new domains and then building them up and then having that relevance and authority passed to your site would help your main site improve. And there are incidences now where that can still work. It's not what I would say a very wise use of your resources and time though. Why not spend that time improving your main site? So you don't need those. And people logically and naturally link to you that way you're building links yourself that are the ones that, you know, Google will like, they'll have no reason not to like that. Whereas if you have all these other sites that you're building up, uh, and you own them all, and they're all under the same uh, ownership, there's a clear connection, that can look like spam, and you're risking the farm. So don't bother, just invest that time in your own website. And unless those domains have bad um, reputations, they aren't going to hurt you either if you've got them pointing to your site. Anything pretty much you want to add? Yeah, I pretty much agree with all of that. The only thing I might say is, you know, Terry does ask, if they should build some of those websites up. And like you said, probably not, I would say, but there might be examples, maybe for Terry, for others in the situation where you might want to, let's say you've got a, 
I'm, I'm terrible at coming up with examples off the top of my head, but let's say you have an automotive website and you sell cars and you also sell tires separately. You might have a, a website that focuses on tires and everything about tires and because it complements your car website, but doesn't line up enough to be part of it. So if you've got complementary content that doesn't necessarily belong on your website, and should live on a separate website, there might be examples there where you'd want to do something like that. Um, but not necessarily. I mean, I think it's a lot of a, I hate saying it, but it depends a case by case situation. But for the most part, you know, I, I would not, uh, I probably wouldn't put resources into building those up. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was just trying to use an example on my own, but I could, didn't work. <laughs> do you want me to ramble a bit longer while you look for it? Nah, it's all good. I've got a new back scratcher. It's really, no. Ooh, fancy. <laughs> um, uh, and our next question, this is great, man. We've got tons. Uh, Adam Marland. This is about retargeting cloned posts, he says. Let's say I have a Southeast Asia packing list ranking number one on Google for that term, but not ranking for Thailand or Vietnam packing list. However, it's really exactly the same guide. Could I or should I clone the post, change the URL, headers, images, and relevant text to go from Southeast Asia to Thailand? I would also, of course, make any niche changes that may exist, but 90% of the words would be identical. Most people I've asked said I should paraphrase previous content, but I haven't seen anything on the SEO end that supports this as anything more than a myth. And it would save a lot of time over five plus posts if I could just do a keyword swap. Unquote. <laughs> well, you know, my, my initial answer is no, don't, don't just clone it. Yeah. You, you know, forget about penalties. Let's assume you're not going to get any kind of penalization, which you probably won't. It probably just won't rank right. I feel like, you know, if you put the effort in and write unique posts for each of these focus areas, you're going to get something out of it. If you just do a find and replace and a few little tweaks here and there, I think you're probably wasting your time. I don't think there's going to be any value in that. It, it might rank might, uh, especially if you get a lot of uh, inbound links and, and things like that to some of these pages. But um, I think it's worth the time and effort to write it and very specifically tailored to Thailand and Vietnam and whatever the other countries are on your list there. Yeah, I find that Google's more tolerant and allows, pardon the word, but shifty techniques like this um, to work when the website has a lot of authority. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if your site is doing exceptionally well, um, and this is just a, li a little pivot you want to get, or you want to pivot some of this content to get different traffic, maybe try one, see what happens. Um, it, it likely can't hurt. I mean, you're just doing a test and it'll be a separate page anyway. Um, but then do another one where you're rewriting it. Um, and then do another one. And I, I suggest trying this with one of the AI generators. And all I would do with this, I'm not a big, huge yeah. AI proponent, but I am pretty impressed with them, is you put in the points that you want to cover in the tool. And then it will actually take that and generate content that is nearly perfect. Yes, you'll tweak a few things, but it saves you time. And Give that a shot. So you'll have three different pages targeting those different areas and see how they perform. Have fun with a little bit of a test here. That's what I would do. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. And if that works out, you see all three going well, well, oh, darn. <laughs> <laughs> if only one does super well, we'll start to wonder why and look at it. 
Um, the other thing too, is you're going to want to make sure that your internal linking strategy is strong. So uh, if yeah, that particular page uh, about Southeast Asia packing has a fairly authoritative link network within your own website, you know, people you're referring to it a fair bit, other pages refer to it. Well, if you want it to those other ones to do well, you're going to have to think about how you want to link them. I wouldn't all link all of them just like that to the same. I wouldn't provide the same amount of links you are to the one that's ranking number one. You might dilute the authority that's receiving and you might lose that ranking or it might dip. But at very least ensure that there are pages that have traffic that Google seems to appreciate that link and on those pages link to those new pages you've created. So that's, that's our, that's my tip anyway. Anything you'd like to add, Scott? Uh, no. All right. <laughs> I, I wasn't thinking about the testing three different variations, but I get and see where it goes. All right. And then tell us, tell us how it went. <laughs> Definitely, please. Totally. That would be fun. In fact, if you need to, to cover that in the show. Well, on behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing and my company, Senior SEO, Scott Van Ack, Thank you for joining us today. Remember, we have a show notes newsletter you can sign up for at seo101radio.com, where you don't have to miss a single link and you can refresh your memory of a past show at any time. And I'll give you a little heads up too. There is going to be a fairly significant uh, discount coming up for anyone on any of our newsletters uh, due to our 25th anniversary. So uh, make sure you're on there on that list and uh, you will benefit. Hope, uh, hope we get to speak with you soon. Have a great week and remember to tune to future episodes, which air twice a month on WMR.FM. Great. Thank you, everybody. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.